Welcome into the Restaurant Idea Factory, the weekly show where we're breaking down the topics of the day. For any of those professionals in the hospitality industry who want to level up their education, who want just a little bit of entertainment from these three jabronis here with your hosts, Kyle and Sarah, Sean Walshef, and I am Jensen Cummings. This is Restaurant Idea. I think it gets wow. me pumped up, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. We got like a motion graphic, like we're some fucking Hollywood studio. I absolutely love it. All right. Today's show, Riff 002. This is uh, technically our second episode, but the first was just a pilot. We we're just messing around today. We're really going to riff. We're going to be talking flipping one-star reviews with Avi from Marquee, one of our channel partners. The very controversial Andrew Tate thanks a chef. What the hell do we think about that? And 2023 trends. This is actually some trends that we think might have to die and go away, I think, is the way that this was positioned. But we're going to be basically reading from a lot of the headlines. We're going to have five to six segments every week for you. Three of them are going to be coming from some of our channel partners and uh, we'll have correspondence that you'll be hearing from as we go. So we're really excited about that opportunity to be able to kind of be what's top of mind, what's pressing issues for everyone. And also guys have a little bit of fun. How are we feeling? Fired up. This is it. 2023. Let's get out. Let's if we don't, have, if we don't one of us doesn't have a smoke machine for the next episode. We've <laughs> the talking about. Why don't I have one of those? Like a little, like a Ray Lewis entrance. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. We've been talking about how we want to be like NFL <laughs> countdown or something. Like how do yeah, we become those characters where it's like, we all need our own theme song. We all need like circus own... music would be more appropriate. Yeah, probably. probably <laughs> that right. juggling sound. Everybody, you're going to get a lot of this. So real quick call to action for everybody. Please, please. We have to build this together. What, what is it that, that uh, you're going to hear Sean say a lot? I'm going to steal it from him in this moment. A rising tide lifts all leaderships. The leadership that all of you show by being able to support something like this, by allowing us the opportunity to talk about, to riff on the things that are important, that are pressing, that are in your world today. Because it's hard to get outside of the bubble of what we're doing day in and day at the grind, the minutiae of what we do and how we do it, why we do it and who we do it for and how we do it sometimes are the most important questions. And we don't get a lot of time to ask those. So we're going to do that here for you. Go to restaurantideafactory.com and go ahead and submit a topic. We're going to be riffing on topics left and right. And we'd love to hear from some of you so that you can contribute. We'll give a shout out by name. We'll probably tell people to follow you on all the socials. So uh, bring a little bit of uh, clout to what you're doing if you're out there uh, hitting the streets, finding out what's going, the pulse of what's happening in your community or at a national, international level for the hospitality industry. All right. Was that enough enough lead up fluff, guys? Should we get into this shit? Should we? I, mean, I, just, I want to say thank you to anybody that's consuming this content right now. You know, we talk about digital playgrounds and having the courage to be on TikTok and LinkedIn and Clubhouse and LinkedIn audio and podcasts and all this stuff. And it's like, we're all trying to create community and it's, it's a digital flash mob. You know, when we decide to come together and say, Hey, we're going to start dancing in a crowded circle. And we hope that other people will hear the same music that we're listening to. Like that's how this thing happened. It came together because these two crazy guys are dancing to the same music that I was dancing to. And Jensen's in Denver, Kyle's in New York, and we all found ourselves on the same digital playground. And we know from all the work that we've done, that the people, this community that comes together, you guys are hearing that same music, which is why you're consuming this content. So you're part of the tribe, welcome. Um, your voice matters, your voice matters. And the more that you interact, um, our job is to, to curate the content, to find out there's so much stuff that happens in real life, but you, you, need, you need to help us, help us help you. And then we can all help each other. And then in real life, we can do some really cool stuff when uh, when we when we get into the, the trade show start side of it, the event side of it, the, the physical hospitality side of it. Absolutely. And you all have have Kyle and Sarah to thank or to blame for this. He's the one initially. Yeah, finally said, I like he has to take the brunt of it. I'm an idea guy. I'm a big I'm a big picture guy. I'm not I'm not the, the <laughs> minutia is not really where I where I, I don't you know thrive there, but I'm a good I big picture dude. 
Well, and that's a big shout out to uh, Corey Nelson on the best serve team. Who's really yeah. producing these things at a top level. And then Stover on the Cali barbecue media team who are really behind the scenes, making sure we have our shit together for sure. So no, but appreciate that. Like you just said what I think we were all feeling like we need to hook up. We need to get together. We need to build something together because we were all doing our thing and we still are. We're like the Avengers team up over here. Like, it's, it's time for some people to come together and not starting to try to fight the, the good fight alone. And so really grateful for that, man, and, uh, and appreciate that. So, all right, let's get into this. First, we're going to pick something off the cuff. I got, uh, I think, six headlines here, some content that I think we really want to potentially touch on. We're going to pick one of them. So I'm going to read these off, and, uh, and you guys let me know what you guys want to talk about. This is titled, Well Caught. Moment Texas Waffle <laughs> Worker deftly catches a chair thrown at her by rowdy customer. Oh, man, if you've seen the video, the memes, yeah. it's pretty wild. Grubhub to pay $3.5 million settlement for deceptive practices, hidden fees, and that's potentially something that, that Sean might want to talk about who's knee-deep in the ghost kitchen game. Let's see what's next. Hey, y'all, so everybody fired. Manager fires entire <laughs> restaurant staff via group text message what the fuck uh people learning that everything is content everything communicates i don't know what the hell we're doing here what exactly is dynamic pricing for restaurants this is definitely a hot topic right now and uh and super interesting one of our good friends troy hooper i know is knee deep in it i think as we're like recording this he's talking about it live on linkedin if you're not checking out linkedin audio live definitely go do that that's one of the platforms you can follow restaurant idea factory you see what i'm doing here guys <laughs> this is unacceptable chick-fil-a slammed with fine after paying employees with meal vouchers come on uh, come on make enough money oh. chick-fil-a the what what an interesting company i think in a lot of ways they've done they've taken the in and out model of like high level hospitality and kind of character and i i, I was kind of shocked by this even though maybe politically i have some views on chick-fil-a but anyway <laughs> restaurant employee retention credit hefty sized refunds this one's wild i don't know if this is the one you guys want to talk about but uh, some really great programs i think we're going to link this up no matter what if we talk about it or not because restaurants need to be paying attention to this there's an opportunity oh, if, yeah. you, if you have retained employees through the pandemic that there's some money for you but the practices have felt really weird like they're selling warranty like extended warranties or something so i know we've all been getting hit up a lot on that front all right we're talking about waffle house grubhub we're talking about a manager firing via text dynamic pricing chick-fil-a or the ERC. What are we talking about, guys? I think you gotta start with Waffle House. <laughs> and I think you know, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows, but like they were she was cooking. Like she was they're long they they cook in the front there. She wasn't just back there like counting change and cleaning up as like a mat. Yeah, she was, they like, don't really have to have a house, back house. Everyone kind of flows back yeah. and forth, right? Yeah, Can you set the stage, Jensen, of what the yeah. what the clip is. That's that's important. Is that we're going? We're going Waffle House. Yeah. Sean, you go with that. Yeah, are, we, are we showing the clip? Is that how? Is that what, where we're at? Uh, it's it's too violent for some of our younger viewers. So, okay. so cover your eyes. Uh, didn't pull up that clip. All right. So okay. what happened at Waffle House was there was an argument that broke out between employees and customers at a Waffle House in Texas. Uh, two women specifically who are customers started to jump up on the counter, started to kind of flow th throw things verbally, kind of a cost. Somebody jumped behind the, the, the line. Then two of the employees, including this one, uh, this one woman who has been kind of memefied and, uh, and glorified into some of her uh, matrix moves, and I'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, they started punching this this customer, which you know, again, we're the hospitality industry. I don't know if that's the tact, but protecting yourself 100% and having safety in the job workplace is important. And then the part somebody picked up one of those stools that if you've ever been at a Waffle House, you're sitting at the counter there, picked up those stools and chucked it over the line, over the counter at this girl. She kind of catches it and flings it to the side with just this boss glasses look <laughs> dropping down on her face. So it's laughable, it's memeable, and it's fucking serious. So that's yeah. kind of setting the stage. So yeah, where do you want to go from there? Kyle, pick it up. You yeah. wanted to run with it. Well, I will say this. There is one legendary hospitality icon who is known for punching a customer in the face, and that's Danny Meyer. 
So maybe they're onto something there. Maybe you're not really truly a hospitality professional. Yeah, if you've never you ever seen that story, Danny Meyer punched a dude in the face when he had Union, Union Square Cafe. Oh, so here this guy is the king of hospitality. But yeah, man, look, obviously, I think I read they were they were trying to see, sit in the section that was closed, and then yeah. they they wanted to stay there, and they wouldn't, so it causes beef, and they were drunk, right? Like Waffle House is point. not prepared to deal with that type of element, right? Like there are a lot of restaurants today, the meeting I was at today, like, well, we don't want to be open this this time because it attracts a certain crowd. Some places do want to be open. Waffle House is in that place where they make money off that crowd, but once it gets a little dicey, they don't have bouncers, they don't have security, right? I mean, it's, it's scary. And when you're out there trying to make waffles and somebody's chucking a bench at you, yeah, there's something's something's got to be they also don't really have managers that are kind of removed from the operations right they have some people who might be assigned for the night to the to the register but they kind of flow a little bit there's usually like four to five employees maybe two of them are like like the hardcore line cook whoever's on that griddle who's who's flipping eggs and stuff like and hash they're kind of stuck there but a lot of them they float around so i don't know sean from your perspective like you know, when you're the manager who's kind of has the bird's eye view a little bit, there's value in that. You're not in the trenches interacting because sometimes if you're too close to the problem, you can't see the problem. And it probably es- escalated over over time. And so I'm interested from that perspective. They don't have a manager who's, who's there to protect the situation, to protect the employees, to protect that service, that brand, all those things. What are you thinking on that front? So we opened in 2008 and we took over a breakfast concept, you know, and Waffle House serves breakfast. But one of the reasons that we got into the hospitality business was because of the liquor license. So it was a full 47 liquor license to add a sports bar component and a dinner component. But when you add that liquor license, not only do you add the liability, but then you add that is the marketing angle. We're going to go after people that care about NFL Sunday, that care about fight night. But then when you do that, how do you add hospitality into a sports entertainment environment? Well, you have to do that with proactive hospitality. I mean, one of the things that Eric Olofsson, my manager and now business partner, him and I did so early on was understanding that everything matters in the experience. Because we are off the beaten path in San Diego, and when you come to our restaurant, we're by a tire shop and next to a next to a, a liquor store, you wouldn't expect to find our breakfast restaurant. And sometimes you might not feel safe in the area that we're in. Our job from the hospitality host to the security guard that we hire on fight night to the parking attendant is to make people feel that every step of their journey matters. And now I understand Waffle House doesn't have a full liquor license as as far as I know, but they know that their clients are coming probably from a bar for these late night crowds. They are probably overserved at these late night crowds. So what can you do proactively to prevent something like this from happening? And I know that that's never gonna prevent everything from happening, but there are steps that sports bars take, especially you know when we launched in 2008, a family-friendly sports bar didn't make any sense. Well, it made a lot of sense to us on the West Coast because at 10 a.m. NFL games kicked off and we had families, we had grandmothers, we had grandfathers, we had small kids, babies that wanted great breakfast, but they also wanted to watch their NFL team. We're here in San Diego, 32 NFL teams. They wanted to find out who was their team playing. So. My yeah, baby's out there watching Chargers and Giants games. 100%. When I took him to his first Charger game, my daughter was eight months old. So yes, they, in, in the sports entertainment culture, they get, they get baptized into the stadium life, tailgating life very early, but Maybe. to the hospitality perspective, to Waffle House, it's, I would be interested to find out what kind of training do they do for proactive hospitality? Yeah. yeah. Because so much of what can happen in any restaurant on earth oh, yeah. happens with your eyes, your ears, and your mouth before the event happens. hundred oh, yeah. percent. I mean, they may be the least equipped restaurant to handle that type of crowd, right? Like they are in, they're on, they're on pad sites in a remote location. They're, you know, the parking lots are dark cause they're open late. No one else is around. And you got people in there who, to your point are, they're not, assigned to dealing with that stuff which is yeah makes and there's no separation either right there's no like back of house area where you can go like take a breather real quick like you are on display you're on stage there for for anybody who knows kind of that dynamic and so yeah it it was unfortunately not 
surprising to me, which kind of also like hurt me a little. It's like, damn it. Cause I really, I, waffle ice is iconic. Anytime oh, yeah. I travel in Atlanta, which is one of the top five food cities in the country, in my opinion, oh, yeah. very slept on, I hit up waffle house and it's a wild time. Like it's a good time, uh, but it's always teetering. And so it, it unfortunately wasn't surprising. All right, let's get on to the, uh, the next topic here. We're actually going to take in a segment from our buddy, Zach Oates, our correspondent on the street in where's CES. He's at the consumer Vegas. electronic Vegas, baby Vegas, right? Yes. He is in Vegas for us, man. We got correspondents out in Vegas hooking us up. So he's got a segment that we're going to be having weekly. He's going to be on every week with us talking about guest perspective presented by Ovation. Ovation is the two-question survey platform for real-time feedback, better online reviews, and happier guests. So he's going to be bringing some perspective that really pushes us to think about the guest experience. Let's tune into this clip, and then we are going to riff on this what's up zach Coates here with ovation i am here at ces day one the opening bell is ringing here in just a couple of minutes which brings me to my question are trade shows worth it for restaurants now if you're going to a trade show i know that sean goes to a whole bunch last year i went to 27 of them totally love them i'm very bullish on them and here's why if you're going to a trade show Go there to learn, talk to other restaurants, talk to the vendors, see what's out there because there are tools, there are strategies, there are tactics hidden in every single trade show to improve, if not revolutionize, the guest experience for you and your guests. So, are you going to go to trade shows in 23? I say go. What do you say? Mm, called you out by name, Sean. 27? 27 trade shows? That sounds... Fucking Every other week, my man is at a trade show. Yeah. Holy! That's All right. Well, we're going to be doing a lot with trade shows. You kind of foreshadowed that, alluded to that. We're going to talk about trade shows a lot throughout the year. We're going to blow up and disrupt that whole landscape because we think it's desperately needed. A lot of like old, tired, legacy approaches to a lot of things. Uh, you went to a lot of them as well, Sean, this year, as you were like our guinea pig to go and test the waters and find out what the hell we had to do, what our <laughs> brand of thinking, how it would be adopted, would we get pushback, how much, by who, in what way. So pick that up, Sean. Are trade shows good for operators to go and learn, level up, and then bring fire back to their village for the guest experience? That's the ultimate thing we want to really take away from this. Trade shows and conferences are 1000% worth it because you surround yourself with the people that want to level up. So we always say, stay curious, get involved, ask for help. So many of us in this hospitality space, we work our asses off within the four walls of our business to try to keep the business afloat, to try to make a profit, to try to take care of our team, to try to take care of our village. Very rarely do we set up the system so that it can run without us. 100%. So if nothing else, if nothing else, force yourself to be uncomfortable, to take yourself off of the schedule, to give a different manager your keys, to give someone else responsibility so that you have to go and learn. Oh. Put yourself in the place that matters. Put yourself in the place where the best hospitality leaders, the best technology companies, where they are. But I would also challenge you to find out which ones matter. Yeah, and we have this go. little thing called the internet where you can stay curious, you can get involved, you can ask for help. Talk to Zach Oates from Ovation. If there is someone on earth that knows which trade show is worth it, this man does because yeah, he goes sure. there. And as somebody that's spoken on many stages, fortunate to go all the way to Toronto, Canada with Matt Rolf and National Restaurant Association in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Kentucky. I've been to so many places. Spain, I, bro, you're going to Spain in like a month. I that's still on pause. I don't know. Oh, uh, come on. You're that going. So I'm open, I'm open to other opportunities. But nonetheless. Sean Walshep is available to travel the Atlantic Ocean. By boat. By ship. Leadership. I, I challenge not just the restaurant owners and not just the hospitality professionals, but ask for more. The reason why we're not going is because the event organizers aren't doing a good job with content to bring us in. That is why I'm so excited about Restaurant Idea Factory. But the whole, all this magic happens. You get a keynote speaker, you get Stratus Morfogan who comes and talks about Brooklyn Dumpling Shop. You get him talking to a panel of people at the Miratech conference in Las Vegas, but only those hundred people that are in that hall get to hear that content. Yeah. 
why isn't that getting put on video? Why isn't that get put on podcast? Why doesn't that get put on an article, put on TikTok, put on LinkedIn so that everyone can see, holy shit, I have to get to Vegas. I have to get to Muretech. Well, I mean, so pre and post to that. All of it is to remove the paywall, to share more, to be more open. And I'm really excited for 2023 because, because of people like Zach. Kyle, how do you pick and choose? How do you pick yeah. and choose? I want to know which one Zach isn't going to, because that might our be a job. Problem. Our job is to be curators of content. That's online content and in real life content. So our job is to do the work and we need your help. So anybody that's is preaching, I'm a hundred percent fired up. You got, you want to talk about Kyle, jump in here, cut him off, man. He's on his pulpit. Let's go. Here's what I think about, because We've, I, I think about VFriends, right? Just to get a little bit off topic. Yep. Obviously, the power You're behind that. Talk. Yeah, NFTs. like yep. how can he put on an event that was delivering so much value in one year to a community that didn't even – nobody even knew what an NFT was. The subject of the conference was at question for – still is for a lot of people. And wasn't it in Minnesota, like Minneapolis yeah. or St. Paul? Yeah. Not in Vegas, not in L.A., right. not in New York, Chicago. <laughs> That's the thing. People, they, it used to be the draw is the location, right? Like, oh, it's going to be in Vegas. We can do it, yeah. et cetera. But the reality is you're locked in the conference. I think at the end of the day, to Sean's point, if the, like any other business, once it stops providing value, it becomes of less interest. So if it's shit that I can look, I don't need to go to Vegas to find a paper supplier or to, to you know, get pitched on a whole bunch of other different products and services. What else is going on there? That's a necessary component. And Zach is killing the game because he's out and about. He's creating content. He's involved with with projects that are you know important to him. But also, he's doing a service to his company and to the people who work for him because he's putting the brand out there. Right? He's going to get more business, and that is it's magnetic. Like restaurant owners are going to be attracted to that. I don't care if it's on the screen or if it's in person, but you warm that relationship up online. Then you go to Vegas and you see yes. Zach, or you go there and you see Stratus, or you see Danny Meyer, or you see whoever, and it's the community is all encompassing. And V Friends provided so much value. You know, megastar lineup. I, I get that it's a completely different stratosphere than what than what we're dealing with, but at the end of the day there are things that these associations can do to level up the experience. And if you're, if you're like, I had a restaurant, a uh, real estate conference here it was 1800 bucks for two days. Yeah. That's what? the part. It's the investment part. So, so I want to yeah. move on to the next topic. So I'm just going to touch on this super quick. I think getting out of your bubble is incredibly important and valuable. It makes yeah. you uncomfortable. It has to the point that Sean made that you got to hand that manager, the actual keys, not be ready at home, six blocks away to go charging in and be a fucking hero because <laughs> you haven't actually set up your staff to, yeah. to be empowered, to do what they need to do. You pretend like you do, but really you like having that, that martyrdom of like, it only works when I'm there. So there's dynamic there. The investment though, I would much rather you listen to and watch Restaurant Idea Factory. You can learn nine tenths of the things that Ovation believes in and then make a purchasing decision. Yeah. So from that perspective, I don't think it's worth the money nine times out of 10. Yes, that one out of 10, if you make that proper investment, it's worth it to get out of your bubble, to go and take maybe a couple other junior sous chefs or something like that. Like, get invest in yourself is incredibly important but just understand the the numbers i think is going to be really important don't go to chicago for nra and drop four thousand dollars because you think it's what you're supposed to do be smart about the investment yeah. that you're making and then make it worth it and then look at what you create as roi don't look at it as somebody else's job it's not ovation's job it's not marquee's job it's not restaurant idea factory's job to create value for you it's the relationship between the value proposition that the event has and your ability to take action and make it ROI. So love that. A lot more to talk about. I'm glad he got us fired up to begin with. Uh, and uh, what a great first segment. Love the pomp. Love the uh, pizza shirt. You're going to be getting a lot of that type of flair from Zach for sure. All right. Next, we're going to talk about Andrew Tate, the very controversial Andrew Tate, who was just blown up on everybody's feed, it feels like over the last year if you say who is on google you type in who is it auto populates answers andrew tate was the number one answer that came up in google for 2022 very very polarizing i have lots of reasons where i think this guy is a hot piece of shit 
And the reason I'm going to show you this that was so troubling to me is for a good portion of this, I agreed with what he was saying. That's what that's my little foreshadowing. Let's check this out. Nobody ever compliments the chef at buffets. So whenever I go to a buffet, I try to say, bro, did you cook this? This is great. I swear, like I gave him a million bucks to smile. He's never been complimented in 15 years of cooking meatballs. And I know I have a lot of money, but there's no such thing as shameful work. If you're a man and you're getting up and you're working, doesn't matter what it is, we need people who do these jobs. I have absolute respect for you. And when I talk about escaping the matrix, I'm not saying that if you're working your normal job, you suck. I'm saying if you want to live the life I live and you want to have all the things I have, you have to escape. I have absolute respect for anyone who gets up in the morning and faces their demons and gets it done because life as a man is fucking hard. I mean, thanking the chef, thanking a cook. How often do we not acknowledge the people that feed us, that that surround us with hospitality, that think that they're not servers, but servants? And I've shit, I completely agreed. And then I realized the lens again that he's putting this through. And I was like, what would happen if that chef behind the buffet is a woman? Would you still be thanking him because of his take on on women and women should be at home and be mothers and wives and all of these things that don't have any place to contribute in the workforce, then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, why can't that perspective be for everybody? Because I agree, there is no low work. There is no no unskilled labor, right? We talk about a lot in this industry. So acknowledging anybody who's willing to cook for you is, is incredibly important and valuable uh, even if somebody like this fucking guy wouldn't have thanked a woman because a woman is not supposed to be in the workplace. So that's where I was like really polarized. I was watching yeah. this. I was like, oh, no, I agree with this guy. What's wrong with me? But I agreed. And then I recognized still it's still short sighted thinking on his side because everybody needs to be included in that not just a man. What do you guys yeah. think? Well, who's the, who is it? I think it was a Bourdain who was like, when somebody cooks for you, regardless of where it is, hotel buffet or in your house, they're giving you a piece of who they are. There's, there's a, there's a, that is a very personal experience, right? Like yeah. whether you're making some uni butter pasta dish or you're cooking some Ooh. burgers, whatever it is, that's what they're vibing at the moment. And that's the connection that you have. I believe very strongly in that. And I, I there's no different for that guy making the meatballs in the back. We were talking about it last night. My, my uh, aunt is a, a Reiki master. If you guys know what that is, but it's like oh, energy yeah. healing. And we were talking about how meditation, is, yeah, it's a deep, deep, deep convo. But what we were talking about how meditation isn't always just like that like ohm type sitting there and i was like my meditation is i could be chopping scallions and be meditated like that is that will kick my mind off a lot of different things now so give I'll me a case of fava beans. beans i'll just shuck fava beans all day <laughs> oh you could do the fava beans i'll cut the scallions respect <laughs> sean what do you think so i'm going to take it a different angle and that's that lessons and stories are everywhere they're even come from controversial figures and the greatest thing that we have in the hospitality business is that because of the smartphone, because of technology, we can get the best, including the worst out of hospitality, going from the Waffle House to the fact that we're even talking about Andrew Tate, a controversial figure that's talking about hospitality. You know, the coolest thing for me is to see content from a different person a different personality, a different celebrity who is not in our industry talk about our industry. When I see Jerry Seinfeld on stage talking about why he hates fancy restaurants, I'm engaged because he is a thinker and he's gonna give me an argument. And that lesson now is clipped up, not just in a Netflix special, but it's consumable on TikTok and it's on Instagram. And when Ronnie Chang, who is a correspondent of The Daily Show, when he does a bit in his comedy routine about napkins and about what the fuck is wrong with restaurants and why does staff have to give me 7,000 napkins? What's the obsession? And anyone that's run a restaurant is like, why do we have to give away so many napkins? <laughs> that resonates. It's the truth. The truth resonates. You know, when he talks about thanking a chef, yeah, that resonates. It doesn't matter who he is as a person, but the truth and the story is what I care about. And the fact that we're taking the time to talk about it now, I'm only more excited for more people who are outside of our industry to share these stories yeah. because we can all learn from them. You know, genuine hospitality is like genuine hospitality is like you hear this all the time. And I had somebody on my show talking about it, but you know, servers will get together and they'll like, you know, walk back from the table. Like, Oh, you know, this lady's such a bitch or whatever it is. But if you don't, you never do that. Interesting so was that? Never happened. It was me. Sorry. Actually, it was me. I, I put that lady in the bus. It was me. I said it. No, but like, 
you you are there to provide a service. You're there to do, you know, the cooks are there a lot of time for passion. Front of the house, maybe not so much. But, you know, you got to eliminate who the person is and you're going to deliver the, hosp- the hosp- hospitality, right? Like that that's your job. And it's kind of like I always say, it's like Uber drivers. You ever get an Uber car and the guy's like, oh, I've been driving all night. Hey, dude, <laughs> that's the gig, man. You signed, you signed up for this. I, nobody made you do it. But that's the hard part about it is sometimes dealing with these people. But there's always a lesson to be learned, whether whoever they are, you, you can take something away from it. So I, I respect any man's perspective. I and mean, it kind of all goes in, in the bank and you, and you process it as, as you need to. Well, just don't take lessons for granted. Like no matter where you see it in our business, something can be celebrated and you can do it through content. And, you know, we're talking about a controversial figure that produced a piece of content that was enough for us to take our time and give our two cents about. Yeah. Biggest takeaway, go thank a cook, go thank a chef. They're working really fucking hard, giving a piece of themselves, telling you who they are, what they believe in, what they value, where they've been, where they're going all in that all in that one plate yeah. of of eggs and waffles and yeah. hash if it's at uh, waffle house or wherever it might be so have you guys seen that on menus uh by like on the bottom of the beer list it'll say buy the buy the kitchen around the beers mm-hmm. i've seen that a couple of places yeah yeah that's, that's good i think we need to drink way fucking less in the restaurant yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe buy them a, a, a one-month subscription to a meditation app. We need some old moments. Athletic Greens. Let's go to this next segment with our channel partner, uh, Avi. Love this. We're going to be talking about reading reviews presented by Marquee. Marquee is a one-stop digital operations platform for no-touch digital menu and listing updates. I really like Marquee because, man, it's hard to keep track of all the places where like your menu exists and I think they're up to like 69, 70 different platforms, 82 82 platforms that they'll update from the big ones like Yelp and TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook, to some smaller obscure ones that like there's an audience there. If there's an audience there and you can get in on it, get in on it. So appreciate that. All right, let's check out what Avi had to say. We're talking about flipping a one star into a five star review. This is a review for Chris and Eddie's in LA posted on Yelp. The customer initially left the one star review riddled with frustration and disappointment at his upside down, poorly delivered burger. However, after management reached out and addressed the issue, just like they would have if it had occurred in the restaurant, the customer came back and posted an updated five-star review. Here's the one star. I was told the burgers are awesome, so I gave it a try. I'm honestly very disappointed in the way they put the delivery box together. By the time I received it, it was all upside down. I literally had to put the burgers together so I can eat them. Not cool. If you offer delivery, get it done right. Obviously, my mood was already shit, so the burgers were all right. A little confusing there at the end. And here's the updated five-star review after he spoke to the manager. I spoke to the manager slash owner, super nice guy, Eddie is his name. Very friendly, polite, and you can see he really wants to see his customers happy. The team is also very nice and kind, and everyone's just doing their best. Food tasted amazing. Thank you, Chris and Eddie's. Okay. Chris and Eddie's. First off, good fucking job flipping, yeah. flipping that. That's game respect game right there. What do you guys think? Reviews. Who wants to pick this one up? Riff on it. Yeah, I, I think that um, that's really the essence of hospitality because I think you you can't expect things are going to go perfect all the time. I think your business success is dependent on how you handle that experience. No one's going to expect you to you know, beat you up if, if that happens, but how did you respond to it? And then how are you going to mitigate these, these little issues that pop up? That's the job, you know, just serving a perfect burger every time. That's what we want you to do. That's exactly how we want this to happen. Deliver the hospitality. But what happens when shit goes sideways, how you respond to me, that's the definition of a restaurant. That's it for sure. Like uh, some, I think some of the, the best relationships that I've found, some of the best, you know, customers and guests are ones that we did flip because they didn't expect they expected to be ignored they expected to be put in the corner they expected to not have their problem fixed and i think it's important for them to be able to do that and and also if you start doing this and people see this online because that's where they're searching if they're going to come to cali barbecue right and they see that you're willing to have this kind of interaction or relationship with somebody that's a huge sell for your business people are watching and they're paying attention online as much as they are anywhere else. And so this is a huge opportunity. So shout out to them. Sean, I know you've dealt with this this plenty. How, how are you flipping? 
How are you flipping reviews when the pulled pork is a little dry, which is inevitable that it's going to happen at some point to somebody. How do you flip that? And, and mm -hmm. I'm most interested from your perspective, how are you training others to be able to do that? Cause I know you're a purebred hospitality pro it's in your blood. How are you teaching others to do that? So give us some perspective. I'll, I'll tell you a story and take you back to the, when we first opened up the restaurant, when we thought we knew what we were doing, but we had no idea what we were doing. And we were trying to do barbecue on the West coast. And um, anyone that's listening. What the fuck does that? <laughs> anyone the, that West, the West yeah. side of Memphis? What are you fucking dude? Yes. Um, you know, owning a restaurant in, in, an, in a difficult location in San Diego in 2008, and 2009, trying to get people to come in, trying to pay our bills. When we first got our first five-star reviews on Yelp, it was the greatest gift that has ever been given. And if you own a restaurant, you know that it's like having, they, they could have been from the biggest magazine food review of the world, but they went into detail and explained in words on a platform how great the experience was, how great the server was when they greeted the table, how memorable the brisket was when they ate it. And it's the greatest feeling on earth. And the reverse of that is the one-star review where it's literally, you feel like you got kicked in the nuts. Everything that you do every waking hour to build this business up and this person came it's in. Just worthless. And, and maybe you did a great job and they just had a bad day. Mm -hmm. But maybe you did a bad job. Either way, the one-star reviews obviously hurt the most. The four-star reviews hurt. Like, but it's caring about every single review. And the thing that I love, and I'm so grateful that you know we have Marquee on the show, is it's difficult as a restaurant owner. It's difficult to keep track of Facebook where people can write reviews. It's difficult to keep track of Google. It's difficult mm -hmm. to keep track of Yelp. But what the key was in that review was that someone responded. Yep. 100%. Someone responded. We respond in real life when someone asks to speak to a manager. Online, we don't do shit. You can create an oh shit moment when you take the time to have a notification on and not respond in two days, not respond in 24 hours, respond within the hour. Yeah. Someone at Cali Barbecue, no longer me, thankfully, but I've trained Steven Sudersky, who's our, our catering events manager. He is a digital hospitality specialist. He's, he's responsible for responding to reviews using Marquee so that we can flip these one-star reviews into five-star reviews. We're never going to flip every review. Let's be honest. That will never happen. But what will happen is that every response will be public. We don't do private responses because yeah. everything we do, we build in public. So we're going to do that review in public. And that oh shit moment when someone goes, oh my God, someone listened to me. Oh yeah. Someone responded. Someone tried to remedy this. I mean, just look at what happened to the airlines. Just in the last, since we've been recording this podcast over winter, Southwest canceled tens of thousands of flights. Tens of thousands of flights, people calling, people sending messages, people sending emails. Help me. Listen to me. This is terrible experience. I, I missed Christmas. I missed New Year's. I had to book a hotel room. Like, where is the You've been on the floor at the airport for the second straight day. Man, I, oh, my God. I, I literally used to live for those moments because you put your you put your business owner hat on. Right. And you're like, this is an opportunity to create some real leverage. And I'm, I'm, I'm Sicilian, so we used to just drown people in desserts and drinks at our restaurant because that's we do abundanza, right? That's the whole deal. Is like we you get everything. What was that word? Teach, Abund teach. Abundanza. What is it? Abundanza. Abundanza. What does yeah. it mean? It means like everything. Like it doesn't roll off the Bulgarian yeah. tongue so much, huh? <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> but yeah, the that's the thing is like you get an opportunity to flip them because if you're like, hey, you know what? That's absolutely our fault. Should not have happened that way. I want to make this better for you because clearly you didn't come here for this. You don't want to spend your money on this, yeah. right? So I'll take care of this. What do you guys want to order? Just like in person, it's so easy, but digitally, they're the same thing, right? Like you have a, you can almost make that. I can almost make that. We could all probably would say the same thing. That message is amplified a hundred times more if you put it online. Like, yeah. hey, this lady, you know, bitched about her burger, but they came in here and offered, you know, free dinner next time they came in and apologized heavily. You know, like that, that interaction at the table, maybe the table to the left, right behind them in front of them, hears that interaction and is like impressed by it. But you're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that could view that. So you are missing a massive opportunity and now a responsibility. So, all right, let's get to the next subject here. Our last of the day, but first I want to just kind of like reset us. This is 
Restaurant Idea Factory, Riff 002, our kind of first real show. We got the pilot, so make sure and check that out. We've been talking about flipping one-star reviews. We just talked about Andrew Tate, and we're going to be talking about 2023 trends, maybe some trends that need to go away. Uh, Hit us up on all the channels. This is on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook at Restaurant Idea Factory. If you're watching any of those spots, thank you. Please make sure to follow, subscribe. If you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, and feel free to hop into the video. You get to see these 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 ugly mugs here, and uh, and even more entertaining. You're gonna probably see a lot of Giants and Chargers gear as we head into the playoffs. Here, there right. it is, right? These two these two jabronis are gonna go after it, and uh, and hit us up on on Instagram and TikTok as well. We'll be doing a lot of extension content from every episode. So you got some bite-sized consumable pieces to see if we deserve your 45 minutes of time for the full episodes. We're going to try and earn that every single show. That's important to us. All right. 2023 trends. Oh, the trend machine. So many trends. There's always trends and everyone knows everything that's going to happen. The reality is some of the trends, a lot of the cool restaurants have been doing them for five, six, eight, ten years, but it isn't until somehow the mainstream catches on yet at the same time it legitimizes and brings attention and value to the communities the people the entrepreneurs the hustlers that have been doing it so it's a, it's it's a, a catch-22 sometimes but it's important for us to understand what's happening as digital creators of where the attention is so let's talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit i'm gonna i'm gonna set the stage a little from this article that I think we're pulling from here, which was in uh, restaurant business, restaurant trends. We're rooting against in 2023, the metaverse, pumpkin spice, and product shortages are a few of the items on our naughty list. I'm going to rip through these real quick. We got metaverse, NFTs, cryptocurrency is on their list. Pumpkin spice in August, planned scarcity. Uh, what are they talking about? The McRib and the Mexican pizza there, huh? Random shortages. I don't know if that's a trend, but whatever. Intra-industry <laughs> bickering. What's going on there? People are fighting across industries. Great. We just talked about that. Other trends, they would 86. QR code menu, surcharges, dark, noisy dining rooms, virtual wing concepts, plastic utensils with takeout orders, extra freeze for the faster delivery. All right. Hmm. Kick us off somewhere. Here. This is uh, Sean, uh, or sorry, Kyle. I know you want to talk about this. What, uh, what are you thinking on this article as a whole? And then let's talk about some trends that need to go away, I guess. Yeah, I, it's not on the list, but I'll tell you what really got me thinking about this stuff was I was at a very nice, like Mediterranean Greek restaurant during the holidays, like Christmas dinner with friends kind of deal. And the guy's rattling off specials or whatever. And then I'm looking at the menu and it's very, you know, like fishbone table side, the whole deal. Right. And, uh, He's like, we also have truffle truffle parm fries. I'm like, are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> Why? And they're like, ah, you know. So I'm like, okay. It, not every place has to have everything, right? I don't think that's that's not personally as a chef, right? Like that's, I'm not trying to be like the guy down the street. I'm trying to give you my interpretation of what I think is great, and hopefully you enjoy it and you come back, etc. But these his trends that like people pick up on. Um, I kind of went off a little bit on TikTok, like avocado toast, Brussels sprouts, shit like that. But I think you're to stand out from the crowd. You're not trying to be like is the guy down the street. Brussels sprouts? What? Is, that, is there bacon in those Brussels sprouts? <laughs> bacon and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> uh, and truffle and parm. There's truffle and parm in their fries. You, you, you started a fight in our house, Kyle, because Becky loves truffle fries, and she has to get them in a different bag if she gets them from 5280, the joint across the street, where we'll get uh, burgers and fries sometimes, because my schnoz, like, this thing is not just for show. It works real hard. It's why I'm really good and uh, super taster, all those things. I can't stand it. It smells like, it smells like a car's exhaust is just shoved up my nose, because it's not actually truffle, people. They use butane, propane. They use gas to artificially create that flavor aroma. So I'm with you 100. percent The fact that I, the fact that people think that like there's this company has like some vat that they're just soaking truffles in olive oil, <laughs> it's like, dude. It's like doesn't vanilla. happen at Starbucks, right? And Starbucks I, pumpkin spice in August. Speaking of Starbucks, that's on this list here. I'm not even touching. I'm, I'm all about they, that. They do that with beers too. Pumpkin beers now have, are coming out in like July, which is just ridiculous. What about some of these other ones? Planned scarcity. What do you think about that? As somebody who like barbecue places, let's go here, Sean. Barbecue places are known for we're open until we run out of food. 
what does that mean? When is that? Is it is it plan scarcity? Is it about controlling the quality of that and being able to serve everything that was smoked that day? Uh, plan scarcity, maybe pick that one up and then take it wherever you want to go as far as any other things that need to go away or just push back on one of the ones that they said needs to go away. I, well, first off, I, want, I want to give Joe Guskowski, uh, the author of the article, some, some credit here. Uh, so much of what we do is try to pick apart what happens in legacy media. And I'm a huge fan. I know all of us are of Restaurant Business Online. They put out incredible oh, content, yeah. but it takes courage. It takes courage to do things that every other media outlet isn't doing. And when you go with an antithesis, it's always great to have a thesis. It's always great to go after you know the trends, but what are the trends you're going against? Now you're talking about controversy. That's why lists are so powerful is because it's, well, did I make the list? Oh, I didn't make the list. Well, who are these idiots that are on oh, the fuck list? this list? <laughs> it's great for content. So, you know, shout out to Joe for doing that. But in the same breath as I'm shouting out, Joe, there's things that I disagree with. You know, it's funny that he's putting in here death of the QR code. Now, I'm not an advocate for the QR code, but I'm certainly not an advocate for nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I will never go, this is the way it needs to be because the paper menu was the, that's the way it's always been. Yeah, you know, we romanticize those things. My fandom as a Charger fan, as a season ticket holder Charger fan, of remembering the time when we went from paper tickets to digital tickets. If you were on the Reddit threads, the Facebook threads, in the communities, in the text chains of all the season ticket holders that I tailgate with, they're like, this is unacceptable. How can I not have a paper ticket? How can I not remember the game? I will not go to the stadium. I will not renew my tickets. Well, guess what? All of those people have renewed their tickets. Now they can exchange their tickets digitally. And this is only, so to go back to paper menus, I totally disagree with. I don't think that the QR code is the answer, but I know that every single guest that walks into our restaurant has a point of sale in their pocket. Yeah. So how do we make that a sexier experience? It's one of the answers. And hey, we did a piece of content, you and I, on the QR code on the side of your uh, catering truck, yep. right? Yep. Because that's a mobile billboard that people can then capture and, and take them down whatever that customer journey is for you. So yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely don't agree with that. I did like these two. Surcharges need to go away. We're so afraid to raise prices, to right-size prices, really. And then nickel and dime with surcharges. Everybody hates that stuff. Everyone hates the, you mentioned the airlines, the check fees and bag fees and this fee and that fee. Like value your product enough, value your barbecue enough to have the right market value pricing and dynamic pricing. I know at some point we'll, we will talk about that. We didn't talk about that today. We'll come into play because as demand in any given moment for any given reason raises for your product, then the price of that product is more valuable in the market in that moment. You don't just raise prices. Anyone that's, that's menus. anyone that's listening to this that owns a restaurant that wants to do sur surcharges, go fly Frontier. <laughs> I think we'll make you feel don't like do it. Don't like a big piece on the jackalope plane. Frontier Airlines. Frontier Airlines changed their business model to go a la carte. But when you a la carte your business, you make the customer feel like shit. Literally every single every single thing that you can do on the plane is a point of purchase. So from the carry-on bag to the bag that you actually check in that needs to be 40 pounds, and we're going to charge you the cost of a ticket to go from one spot, oh, you, you have two layovers, we're gonna charge you for each of those flights. Like that's what the that's what happens in the restaurant when you can't raise your price. And you say, I'm charging you to lease the fork, I'm charging you to lease the plate, I'm charging you, oh, you wanna use the tape? Oh, did you wanna sit down at this meal? The chair actually, that'll be 450. Yeah, bath bathroom costs $12.25. Yeah, this bathroom has been approved by Kyle and Sarah in the restaurant review show. I mean, that, that's um, high, high leverage. All right, guys, we are out of time. Uh, this is great. And one thing, I'll, last thing I'll say on this is the metaverse, NFTs, and cryptocurrency are not going away. They will be a big part no. of many yeah. industries, restaurant Agreed. industry included. And we have got power. to stop overvaluing the nostalgia. We need to value the sense of belonging and purpose and meaning that we create, the relationship and bond. But the, the mediums of, for which we've done that in the past it's about damn time that we catch up a little bit and start to be on the front foot. So appreciate that. All right. That is it for this episode. Once again, oh, guys, 
That felt really good. Yeah, and really fast. <laughs> that felt really fast, man. We might have to go Joe Rogan style. This ends up being a three-hour show someday. For now, we're trying to keep it sub-50 minutes uh, so that people can watch it in a couple sittings. That uh, We want to hear from you. Again, go to restaurantideafactory.com. There's a form on there where you can submit a link or a topic that you want to hear us talk about because we want to riff on whatever you want us to riff on. And if we pick one of the segments or a headline or a Reddit or a Twitter thread or a piece of content on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok Reels, we will shout you out online. We want to build that community of rifters up. Go follow us at Restaurant Idea Factory and uh, get into all the channels, right? We have a little bit different kind of takes on different platforms. We want to be contextual, different, little different style, a little different twist. You're going to be hearing from all of our kind of our daily show correspondents and our channel partners and the three of us as we go. So we're going to be on every single week, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Pacific. What time is that in Chicago? 3 p.m. in wow. the central time zone. Did I get them all? And uh, we're going to be on every single week. This is our commitment to you, 100%. I just want to give a special shout out to Zach Oates at Ovation, the entire Ovation team, Marquis, Kelsey, Avi Gorin, the founder. I mean, we have Jordan Bosch, who's going to be coming on with Seven Shifts, the entire Seven Shifts. I mean, I want the audience to understand how hard we work to curate the people that are presenting this show. Um, the, I use them. I use every single sponsor that we have on the show at Cali barbecue. I believe in them wholeheartedly. You can go on any of my channels, see any of the content that I believe in, but like, we can't do this show without them. And we're trying to find unique ways to do storytelling so that, you know, the things that they do, because hospitality technology is helping us do what we do best. And we want to create opportunities. And the more that we can create opportunities, learn from you guys, then we can be in cities. You know, we want to be in Los Angeles. We want to do an event in Vegas. We want to do an event in Chicago. We want to do an event in Toronto. And the only way to do that is to support each other and to support our sponsors. So if you have any questions about any of the stuff that they do, how they can help improve the digital hospitality in your restaurant, please reach out to us, reach out to them, let them know that uh, you heard these knuckleheads talking about <laughs> what they can do. <laughs> To level right. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the hell they were talking about, but they mentioned you guys. And, <laughs> and these knuckleheads, we're going to try even harder. We're going to riff even harder for you next week and ongoing. So let us know how we can do that, how we can support you, how we can light a fire under your ass to make sure that 2023 is a big time year for everybody in the hospitality industry. This is our opportunity to show who we are coming out of the pandemic and going and moving into the future, right? This opportunity that we have right now, don't take it for granted. Don't fall back into those old habits. This is your opportunity. So appreciate you all guys. We get to do this again next week. Love it. All right. Week good. Cheers. Yeah.